What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 139 of Frame Skip. I am Austin Eller, joining Ooh. you on this Halloween by myself Spooky. and also with George from Shortbox Summary. What's up, George? Not a whole lot, man. Happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween. Did you celebrate in any way whatsoever? I ate my body weight in chocolate while I received <laughs> no trick-or-treaters this year. It was a wonderful day. Austin, do you like Halloween? Um, I gotta be honest, I'm indifferent. Yeah, I like the idea of it, right? I've yeah, I I don't like, disagree. Hey, one night, one night a year. Let's do let, let's do spooky shit. Like that's fun. That's exciting. But um, horror movies come out in March too. You know, yeah. so like what like what are we really doing? Um, I've always I don't know, George. It's weird because you know, growing up, everybody was all about Halloween. You know, as as children are. But it just never clicked with me as a holiday. Like, it just never really fully worked. I, I dressed up for a few years when I was a kid, like really young, probably like seven, eight. And that was about as far as I got. I never dressed up really like into my early teens or preteens or anything like that. So I don't know. I wish I had been more of like a Halloween person when I was younger. I wish I had I had, had those memories of like going out trick or treating. But frankly, I really don't. So. I want I want to ask if your better half is more into Halloween, but it's um, 8:40 p.m. on Halloween night, and she's walking around in what I assume she's going to sleep in in sports shorts and a t-shirt. So Correct. I I don't think I don't think she's all Halloweened up. So not today, but I I think she cares more about Halloween than I do. Um, but yeah, not not today, not today. So Bullfrog in the chat, not today. By the way, he is uh, watching us. Thanks for joining. He says in Australia, Halloween is not a big thing. So I know oh, he, no. he lives, but you guys also uh, Australia gets mad respect from me for one reason. A lot of reasons. I, I like a lot about Australia. I like a lot of people I know from Australia. They, mm -hmm. they say the C word and that's always <laughs> really fun, especially when they say it not aggressively. I think that's great. <laughs> um, but like on their voting day, I believe it's a national holiday and it's also a free sausage day where you get a free sausage for going out to vote. Man, I could get behind I, that. I think that's great. Yeah, like how how there's so many things that feel American that America doesn't do, and it's it's pretty BS when you look at it. Like a free sausage, free hot dog. Tell me that doesn't sound American as, as shit, Austin. It does. It does. Uh, I would absolutely love just, that. We don't. We don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, George? So Are you Tuesday in November? Yes. What's what's Halloween like for you? Have you been a Halloween person? I loved Halloween so much as a kid. I liked the idea of scary stuff, and I always dressed up as Batman, which really meant in first, second, third grade, I just wore my pajamas to school because I yeah. slept in like a, a Batman t-shirt and black pants. And so it was just cool that I got to wear a cape. I wasn't allowed to sleep with a cape because my dad was always like, what if you choke yourself in the middle of the night? I'm like, yeah, that's smart. Uh, but I got to wear the cape to school. That was always exciting. And um, Michael Keaton is my Batman because Batman Returns was an extremely important movie to to young George. In the past couple years, I've gotten pretty uh, pretty lazy about it. I got to be honest. Uh, when I was in San Francisco, I remember getting invited to a Halloween party and panicking because I didn't have a costume, so I just I wore a black shirt and I made uh, the letter I and I bought some some pads, like some women's 
feminine product pads. And I just like stuck those to myself and I went as an iPad. Uh, I was like, I tell, didn't even understand what you were going with there at first. <laughs> there was a Walgreens right next to the bus stop. I had yeah. to be on the bus for like 40 minutes to get to this party. I should have Holy taken smokes. a lift. I, like, I feel like Dude. I didn't really take advantage of lift before it became expensive. Uh, back, you know, it was like 480 to get across the city. I'm like, oh man, it's a little too rich for my blood. I'll just take the bus for $1.75. I fucked up. I should have taken lift a lot more when I was younger. Um, I did that this year. I went to a a bar for Halloween, a bar that I'm hosting pub trivia at tomorrow. I'm very excited. New gig. And uh, I went for their their costume contest and I went as Wayne from Wayne's World. I just okay. wore a black shirt and I wore Converse and, and blue jeans. Right. And I had the hat. I printed out the logo, put the logo on the hat. And my girlfriend went as Garth. She just wore my old like MTV shirt nice. and she had flannel shirt and she like did some selective crimping in her hair and kind of teased her hair out to make it like big and poofy. And um, we didn't win the costume contest, which I think is uh, bullshit, but whatever. Um, no, I don't like Halloween. I don't like how much effort it costs. I don't like who people become on Halloween. Like, like I don't like just that terrible people get people. really upset. Yeah, well, like, they they act like fucking monsters, where they're just like, what do you mean you didn't get dressed up? This is the best day of the year. I'm like, really? Because you never fucking talk about Halloween ever. And it's just, it's either people, like, trying to come up with the most obscure pun costume they can, or people who just go to Walgreens, like I did all those years ago, and spend $6 on a fucking costume. And they're like, look at me, I committed. I'm like, oh, whoa, Ghostface from Scream? How'd you think of that, my guy? <laughs> like, it's just... It's such like a low effort, low reward holiday. I do like the idea though of um, like a punch bowl that has like dry ice in it, so it looks a little spooky. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's got like that, I can't get behind that, that fog around it. I like, I like that. I like. Do you like horror movies? I wonder if we're on the same page on this, George. I'm not a big fan of horror movies. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like being scared either. That's why I'm actually really impressed that you're playing Alan Wake. So it's interesting because I love horror games, but horror movies have just never done it for me. I, I don't know why. It's not even that I don't like being scared. It's just I've never watched one that I've been like, man, that was that was a great movie. And maybe it's just a personal problem. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm, it's just not my taste. I'm not I'm not sure. But there's something about them that has never clicked for me. And again, maybe it goes hand in hand with Halloween. Maybe it's just you know, that's not not my thing. <laughs> right. Can I ask a can I ask a personal question? I'm gonna put you on the yeah. spot and make you ask too much about your your answer too much about your personal life. So I'm sorry. You feel free to ignore yeah. me. Do you have like a big group of friends you hang out with in, in Atlanta or are you busy? Honestly, no, not really. Yeah. Uh, I mean I've got a, a few I friends, feel, but feel, no, not not totally. I, I feel like the last time I really cared about horror movies was when it was a communal experience. It was when I got like six friends right. to go to a horror movie. You know, like I remember seeing The Ring 2 in theaters with friends and like we had a blast. I remember seeing Shaun of the Dead. Not that that's like really a horror movie, but it's horror adjacent. Yeah, it's close enough. And and like I make exceptions. Like if there's a new alien movie, like I'm seeing that shit in theaters. You right. know, like I'm I, I'm I'm down for horror hyphen something, especially if it's attached to something I really care about. But besides that, I don't think I really care about a movie like a horror movie made after 2002. No, like, I think the ring, I'd the agree. first ring is like the last the last one that really knocked me out. But like, I love like Friday the 13th. I love mm -hmm. the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Like, I love those weird, bad shit, insane 80s and 70s movies. But besides that, I 
I personally just don't care about horror anymore. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I, I and again, I I really don't know why that is. Um, I never really grew up watching horror movies, and maybe partially that. But I will say to your point, um, I could totally get down with some like horror sci-fi. But I think that's because those crossover enough for me where like sci-fi is my shit, and it always has been. Like I've always enjoyed science fiction of any kind, and I think that 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 is enough to pull me in. But aside from that, I don't know. It just it's it's never worked. But um, what about you, Coach? Coach, you're here now. Coach the Kyle Newman. Yes. You what do you think what about are, horror movies? Are you a horror movie person at all? Yes, I love them. Okay. So this year I did a little bit more than normal. So at the beginning of the month we went and saw Nun Two, and I haven't seen any of the Conjuring or the first Nun. I just went in and watched it, and they had a couple good jump scares but i thought it was going to be more scarier than what i thought it would you know but it was still good mm. it was, i had a good time and then about a week and a half ago we went to well th- there's this place called um alamo draft house yeah so it's the one where you could love it food and they yeah right so we watched the original um poltergeist <laughs> So it was so fun one. to yeah, it was yeah. so fun to go back and watch it. And it looks good, right? It looks so good on the big screen. And then um on what was it, Saturday went and watched the original Halloween on the big screen. So but uh to George's point where he said nothing past 2002, I really enjoyed the new sequels of Halloween. Okay. Yeah. So are they the best? Of course not. But do they have issues? Of course they do, but they're fun, right? So they have some good mm-hmm. uh some good kills. And um so yeah, I mean like, but there's some really like creepy stuff out there that even to this day, I'm like, do I want to watch it by myself? Yeah, you know. So Bullfrog, who I, think- I mentioned earlier that's listening in the chat, he said horror's a big no for him. Even Uncharted One scared the crap out of him. And then he said, the scariest I could deal with is Halloween Town 2. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Cal- Calabar's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> and I did kick the month um, off with Nightmare on Christmas. A Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare, Good movie. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's, is that a Halloween movie? I think it's a Christmas movie. It's both. I mean, you could, it's both. Yeah, I think you could go Christmas either way. It's a Christmas based in Halloween. In, you know... <laughs> You're right, but I mean, there's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. Like, I, I think it's a Christmas movie. I think I think two things really dicked over horror in the last 20 years. Not that there's not great stuff. Like, I know Shutter is a service that people in, in yeah, the U.S. really enjoy because it's like 6.99 a month, I think, and like you generally get like one pretty decent horror movie a month on top of like a, a, a big library of classics. But um, I think the two things that really hurt it was PG-13 horror movies. And then, like, more mature television storytelling. Like, yeah. like American Horror Story, just, like, being there on TV. And I think people kind of got more into, like, the TV model of things. And they just wanted to cast a wider net with movies, with PG-13 ratings. Like, I'm trying to think, besides, like, the Babadook, like, what's been, like, the most recent, like, Mount Olympus-level horror character, right? Because, I mean, like, Freddy, Jason, uh, Pinhead, true. like, all these... All these like beloved horror icons are from thirty years ago, you know, oh, and like I guess Samara from from The Ring, but again, that was 
20 years ago yeah. you know there, <laughs> like I yeah, saw that there, movie in sixth grade there really isn't an answer to that i've never thought about that um i mean obviously there are some good horror films and tv shows releasing i mean i know everybody's big on um what was the uh what was that show midnight mass that came out that everybody was like big on and then the show that they made right before as well everybody was uh, the haunting a hill manor yeah so mm-hmm. and stuff like that and um a quiet place obviously i know everybody was a big fan of but you're right george when it comes to actual like character based horror films it seems like they're really that's kind of gone away there's no iconic horror film characters from the past two decades and you get you get some like you get some really good outside horror movies too right like jordan peele i think for for sure most in, intents and purposes like i think that dude is like a horror director right yeah. like definitely uses that at least as like a subgenre in in his work so like there there's interesting voices in the space for sure but like just nothing i've felt like compelled to the way like man i gotta be honest sometimes i just want to like drink by myself and watch jason x you know the one where like they find his body cryogenically frozen and they think they have like a museum piece this is 300, 400 years in the future. And then he just murders everyone on a spaceship. I'm like, okay, like that's really dumb. I can, I can get behind that, you know? For sure. But also, also like the horror in general is just kind of, I feel like phased out a little bit. Like we have a short episode tonight just because <laughs> the, the way time management goes and we were late and I'm very sorry, but uh, it's fine. He like, was I'm running thinking, from like, Jason in the background he's 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 totally yeah, safe oh my god he's I, in a I safe room near, i live near camp i live near camp crystal lake i'm a virgin i should be good um <laughs> but like even in like the wwe right like like there's no undertaker anymore there's no right. pain like there's no like spooky scary people just like in your everyday life trying to remind you like there's judgment day but like they're more goth than like actually scary yeah. and so i'm just trying to think of like everyday occurrences and like i don't believe like i think there was a new goosebump show that was released on hulu i tried watching it for about 20 minutes i'm like i'm out i want to check it out i do want to check it out but like i don't know are you afraid of the dark was like such a staple of my childhood you know i was i think i was like six or seven when i was watching that coach you were a little older so that might have been a little past your generation but like I didn't, I did not say bro, that. Come on. I did I did not say that. Um but like it just seemed like it was like a cornerstone. Like the way I kind of approached video games when I was a kid, I would go to the store not knowing what I wanted to buy, but I knew like I wanted a genre where I'm like, okay, I've got James Bond, I've got a gun game, I've got uh Rogue Squadron, I've got like a flying game, I've got I've got uh I've got 1080, I've got a snowboarding game. You know what I don't have? I don't have a racing game. I would love to race a car. And like now games are kind of like a little bit of everything. Like you can drive cars in Far Cry. You can shoot guns in Far Cry. You can do all this. You can fly planes in Far Cry. You can do all this shit. But back in the day, like it really was like one, one gimmick ponies per game. And um, it just felt like horror was like a, a gimmick. Like it was just like, was like a foundational gimmick. It was like a, such a integral part of like the nineties where like, everyone was trying to scare you in the 90s and i wonder if it's like the internet has just kind of desensitized people to the point where like oh no we actually see horrendous terrifying shit every day yeah and so it's just like it's it's not as important and like now you like the stuff you have to seek out has to be so in the deep end you know that is a good point i remember go ahead ahead. oh go ahead coach okay i remember 
uh, during the GameCube days when the week before uh, the Resident Evil remake came out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the uh, GameFAQ message board was like just everybody was talking about it. So I picked it up and that ha- that was a scary game. Like even as a young adult me, that was that scared that they had a lot of good jump scares in that game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I started to go more towards video games to get that horror right that I don't get on TV, you know. And that's what we were talking about right before you joined. I am totally a okay with horror video games. I can I can get down with those. I mean, I'd honestly say that horror games have gotten to a much stronger point than they were, you know, a decade ago. I think we're getting much more of them and and very high quality for the majority of them uh, with stuff like, you know, Resident Evil 8 being the most recent Resident Evil game uh, mainline. And then, of course, the four remake were both phenomenal. Um, Alan Wake 2 uh, dude, out now. Keep going, man. We got we got Callisto Protocol. We got uh, the Dead Space remake. Like. Yeah. And also all these like indie horror games too, yep. right? Where like even if they're not explicitly horror, there's like an eerie air about them Absolutely. where you're like not sure if they're gonna be a horror game or not. I think we're in like a little bit of a renaissance for for horror games for sure. Well, go play like original Doom at home alone on PC or whatever with with the sound up. The music was so creepy, you yeah. know. Even to this day, it just it has that eerie feeling. Um with late nineties graphics, right? Mm-hmm. I think well, no, it was ninety when did it was Doom early nineties. Early nineties. Early nineties graphics, right? Yeah. <laughs> I also I gotta be honest, like I'm I, I don't really play like a lot of horror games anymore. I will go back and play like Quake and, and Doom and stuff because like they just had the re releases on, on modern consoles. Yep. And I gotta be honest, guys, like I, I will play like Alan Wake the remake or whatever on PlayStation four five now, for the PlayStation Four version. I won't be like that scared. But, like, if you were to tell me that, like, playing the original Doom, like, a, a fucking summoning circle would appear behind me and, like, a hand were to reach out and grab <laughs> it, like, I would believe that. Like, there's something still so inherently creepy about those early 90s games where, like, I think it's, like, the fact that there's, like, no background, right? Like, there's, like, just black, ba- like, backdrop. Yeah. And it, it looks like it's just happening on, like, a different plane of existence. And there's, like, it, it really feels, especially playing it back then and, like, remembering what it was like to play it back then today, like, it felt like fucking magic that yeah. those games even not just worked, but, like, not just worked as well as they did, but worked at all. I th- so, like, I'm still way more spooked out play, <laughs> playing those games today yeah. than uh, anything modern. I think, too, part of it is, like, obviously they're not super high fidelity. It's not Alan Wake 2 where you've got photorealistic graphics. To the point, going back to you know original Doom, you've really got to use your imagination to see what you're looking at. I mean, it's it's relatively well designed and still holds up pretty well from a graphical standpoint. But I I think the the use of your imagination and and looking at that screen and saying, oh, there's a demon there. I see the pixelized demon, but in my head, I'm imagining something more. And I think that's that's part of it too, is letting your 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 mind kind of go out on its own and and you know understand its its own way of of exploring that that world and so no i totally agree with you i think those old school you know doom certainly like the original resident evil games on ps1 even though they control like absolute shit they're still really they're really scary because you're limited by the controls and it's it's so fun for me to go back to those older games 
follow-up follow-up question for both of you because you guys have way more experience with this than I do. Do tank controls make for better horror games? <laughs> oh, I think back in the day, I mean, it certainly made it more scary. But now I, I would much prefer not to play a modern game with tank sure. controls. But I'm of the mindset of I really it doesn't actually bother me to go back to the older games and use the tank controls. It's just I definitely don't want any new games that way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Coach, your thoughts? Um, I feel the same. But you know what's funny uh, is when I played the remake, the remaster of Resident Evil Remake. And they still had like those old controls. So even though I'm playing like, like I was, I went back to early 2000s and the tank controls were already there, right? I was ready to go with them. But I'd much prefer the modern day third person, right? Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you just, it was like a bad dream, you know? And I For don't sure. know if they actually did that on purpose to make those controls like that, but it, it added to I, the I really, intensity. I'm... I think it was like a language thing, right? Where like they just didn't have the vocabulary to explain movement in a 3D space. So they did it what they thought was like the most logical at first, right? Like it's kind of like I it's kind of like like Sugar Hill Gang, right? Like doing like the first like big like hip hip uh hip hop song where they're just like, "Okay, we got a beat. Let's let's rhyme to like what do we want to talk about?" And they were doing that. And then you compare that to like modern day rap and it it feels like two different genres entirely, right? But it was them trying to like, okay, no, logically, this is how it makes sense. <laughs> and then I really think first person shooters, like the the popularity of like Call of Duty, like after Call of Duty came out, like it feels like that's when everything was kind of streamlined, right? For first person shooters where after that, you could jump into pretty much any first person shooter and yep. it would control within 15% at the most, like, or sure. sorry, within 85% of, of sure. at most with every other shooter that existed after. Cause they were just like, Oh, we figured it out. Like we, we cracked the code finally. And I wonder what it was like probably resident evil four, but even then, like there were still things like you couldn't move and shoot at the same time. So yeah. like, well, maybe just the controller itself, right? Maybe that too. Yeah. That was huge too. Yeah. Four. That kept... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it seemed like four was definitely the one that advanced it the most, but yeah, I do agree with you, coach. I think the controller itself could, could come into play some as well. But, um, yeah, I wanted to say quickly while we're talking about horror games, I, I normally, I don't start with myself when I talk about what we've been up to, but just because it is topical, um, I did start Alan Wake too. We kind of touched on that a little bit earlier, George and I, and I'm probably about five hours in and I'll talk about Spider-Man a little bit here because obviously last week I mentioned um, I was playing Spider-Man. We'll get to that in a little bit because I know Coach is playing it. I don't know. Have you been playing Spider-Man at all, George? No, I lost okay. that bet. So okay. the only game I have to talk about is so, Spider-Man. <laughs> Coach and I will talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I, uh, I, I've I been focusing primarily on Alan Wake 2 and I've really been looking forward to that game for a long time. Alan Wake... I played that was actually the first 360 game I played and it is still you know one of one of the just one of my favorite games from that generation because it tells such a great story and obviously last two years ago Seth and I played through Control almost at the same time which is 
essentially a continuation of that universe that they created with Alan Wake. And I think Seth and I reached the same exact conclusion that that being control legitimately, at least for me, is one of my top five games of all time. Now that game is probably the best game I've played in 10 years and um, just absolutely phenomenal. And so point being, I was really excited for Alan Wake too, because it picks up obviously huge cliffhanger at the end of the first Alan Wake that was never resolved. And then it also continues from control with this universe that they're starting to build uh, remedy. And so game came out and God, man, it's a, first off, it's a straight up horror game. Now, unlike the first Alan Wake, which was kind of more action based, you could probably say it was a horror game, but it was more of a third person shooter. To be honest with you, this game is full on like resident evil style horror game where you've even got like the inventory management where you've got to organize your items and make sure that they fit properly. And what's up, George? How important are batteries to this experience? Pretty important. Pretty important. Yeah. So that, that mechanic from the first game is still pretty similar where just a brief explanation for those that didn't play the first, um, the enemies in the game primarily are shadows or like the darkness, which really tie into the story. And so the way the gameplay works for the most part, um, you have to use a flashlight, shine your light on an enemy kind of expose their weakness then you can use your your gun to kill them and of course that being said you're managing both batteries and ammunition anytime you're you're dealing with enemies so there's there's quite a bit of of uh, item management that goes on in this game and in so far it works really well it's not stingy to the point where you know you're constantly running out like i'd say um resident evil two remake is which worked for that game but um it's not quite to that level but you still do have to be careful you have to make sure you're not like you know missing a bunch of shots you really got to keep keep yourself accurate and and watch your your resources but point being just the 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 long story short five hours in i absolutely love it i think it's probably the best looking game i've played so far on ps5 Mm-hmm. literally feels photorealistic at times. Um, you know, they, they really took advantage of that hardware. So is it, is it PS4 or Xbox one also, or is it just new gen exclusive? No, just, just uh PS5 and series oh. X. So, yep. Did we finally rip the bandaid off? Are we not doing this anymore? So I texted Fire you guys. Did we? I texted you guys this the other day. It feels like we're finally getting to that point because yeah. final fantasy 16 earlier this summer was, really a game for me where I had a similar reaction where most of the gameplay looks pretty good in that game, but specifically the icon fights look just astounding. The and amount of detail they pack into like such like a wide yeah. camera lens. Yeah. Right. Like you see like parts of like Freed's armor, like shutter as yes. he's like walking and you're just like, how did I notice such a small detail yeah. at such a large scale? It's, it's really incredible. Uh, yeah, I think that was the start of it. No offense to Halo Infinite and like the big games of last year, yeah. but um, I, I think you're right. I think we're finally in next gen. Yeah. Now the real question is, when are they going to release their mid gen upgrades, and then we're going to be like, oh, here we go again. So, <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty soon. I know. Pretty soon. Right? I don't Supposed know. to be next year. I don't know. You think so? That was the the leak in Good that Xbox document. Them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brooklyn. 
-hmm. right? Like the round, like the way they made, I think we talked about this, where like the MacBook Pro or Mac Pro from a couple years ago, the one that everyone yeah. called the trash can because it was kind of shaped like a donut. <laughs> yeah. Um, like that's what the new, uh, the Air that's what the new Xbox is supposed to look like. And then they have like, not necessarily like a mid-gen refresh, but like a, or not, sorry, not like a mid-gen improvement, but like a mid-gen refresh of PlayStation 5 where it's yeah. the exact, same console just like a little bit smaller with an optional blu-ray drive yeah. if you want it but i think we will oh, get the power like upgrades a, oh yeah that's what i was talking about i i know this one's supposed to be a slim right yeah, yeah. but i don't mm -hmm. think it's there's any like anything under the hood that's going to be changed yeah i don't i don't think so but i i, I do think, so. think we're going to get full-on like you know xbox one x ps4 pro type hardware i'd say Either next year or the year after. Um, I don't think we're that far it? away. I don't know. Or at least the PS5. I would maybe get the PS5. I'm 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 happy with my Series X. I mean, nothing is coming out for it, so I have no need to to buy an upgrade for that. But I'm really Here's like, dude, my is. my X is, at this point is like seriously just a media player. It's the best media player I've yeah. ever had. It's either media or original Xbox and 360 games. Because I bought something for my Xbox today, or it arrived today. I bought the WD like expansion storage nice. that like you just slot into the back. Nice. And man, it was super easy. I've I've upgraded the internal storage for now both my Xbox and my PlayStation Five. PlayStation Five was super easy. I bought uh, like a Samsung drive like heatsink mm -hmm. that you just like literally slot in, but you have to take off a panel and you have to screw it in. It takes all of four and a half minutes and yeah. I got like two extra terabytes, but this was literally just like, like, it's like the, it's like what Cortana's on in, in Halo, yeah. right? Like the little chip <laughs> in the back of Master Chief's head and you just plug it into the back and I, I check my Xbox and they're like, you now have like a terabyte extra storage. I'm like, cool. I'm going to download Call of Duty 3 for Xbox 360 so I can continue my marathon of the yeah. Call of Duty games. So I'll probably wait, like I'm sure in the next week when everybody starts their Black Friday deals. I'll look at the different drives for PS5. Yeah. But I don't see myself expanding for Xbox. Oh, for PS5, it was sick. Like, I got mine for $110, and it was just, like, an extra two terabytes. And, like, I want to, like, scoff at that. I'm like, why wasn't that included? Blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know, man. In college, I remember buying a 250-gigabyte external hard drive for $120. So, like, it's just, it's, yeah. pretty, oh, two terabytes for 110 and it's all internal, and it's a solid-state drive. You know, and like I've installed everything I could ever want to play for the next five years, and I still have like over a terabyte left on that. So that's the thing is like I very specifically myself remember complaining about that when the PS5 came out of like, oh man, this thing's only got what is it like eight hundred gigabytes? Eight eight seventy five. That was bullshit. It's some weird they, amount. Like they know it's there was a reason they didn't fucking announce that before they released the PlayStation because that yeah. is horseshit. Like not even like a terabyte of storage. I'm like, wait, the OS takes up. 100 gigabytes right. like over 100 gigabytes are you kidding me so i remember complaining about it though very specifically of like holy crap why is there such a small amount of storage on this thing but i, I gotta say and maybe i'm privileged because of my internet capabilities that's i'm sure that's part of it um considering i have gigabit but it it, it has never been an issue for me i did however uh last year actually for christmas andy bought me a, a terabyte uh hard drive or a uh, solid state rather for the ps5 so I've got like a terabyte, almost two terabytes, I guess, in it technically, including the internal, and that's been plenty enough for me. So, I I had issues on PlayStation Three. I remember 
there were there was two SKUs of the the PlayStation Slim, right? Like there was the yeah. I think it was one twenty and two fifty. One twenty and then two fifty. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. And my dad got me the one twenty, and I felt like such a dick. But I returned it the next day at Walmart and got the two fifty because I think it was like a fifty dollar difference. And I was like, well, I mean, like if it's twice as much for only fit, like whatever, like that, that seems like a good deal. And I remember installing every game I ever bought. I never had a hard drive issue on PlayStation three whatsoever. Cause they just read the games off the disc and then there'd be like a minimal install on the, on the console. Yep. And so when PlayStation four was announced, I have a 500 gigabyte hard drive. I'm like, holy shit. Like I'll never have to worry about this ever. I think I had to delete one game on PlayStation three once. And that was like install stuff for GTA five. Cause that was just like such a big, local file install and i was just like this is amazing and then like dude i bought playstation 4 and started installing games and realized like oh it needs to install the entire game onto the hard drive to to run the game and i was like oh no it's like this hard drive that i thought was going to take care of me for the next 10 years 15 years no it's actually it's it's i can fit like 10 games maybe on it if i'm lucky because like battlefield and call of duty and assassin's creed black flag that one might have been like 20 yeah but everything else was like such a big install but uh, I don't, like the solid state drives, man. Like I'm really happy with them. Everything loads incredibly fast. It, they're they're pretty sick. Dude, Re- remember the four gig uh, Xbox 360? It's like the, Xbox 360 ar- versions. Ar- ar- arcade baby. That well, that was also like one of the first ones too. Was like the four gigabyte with like the top like on the slim, right? Yeah. Like that top loading hard drive, and then they had like a twenty gigabyte one, which is like holy shit! It's like this guy can party. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, they wanted and, and, you to buy the the hard drive, right? Because they had their own hard drive. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Halo Reach, you weren't able to play that on the four gig model because you needed more space, I believe. But I believe so. That that Christmas, I think it was 2011. That Xbox Slim, that four gig model, that was selling hot. Like there was the 199 deal. I ended up getting it for 250. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the 199 on Black Friday went out so fast. So I think I, think I got that exact deal. Yeah, I think a week or two later, I got it somewhere for like 250 So $50 more, you know? Man, this, the Slim was such a fucking amazing console. Love that system, yeah. Or I think it's called the Xbox 360E, I think. Or no, E E was the last one they made. That was the yeah, one I that never had the third like, one. Um, that was the one that looked like an Xbox... One like the original Xbox One, yeah. That thing is ugly as hell, but I I bought it and like man, you just you could buy like a, a, Dude, a huge hard drive and just you know, slot it in. This makes me think top. it was great. I literally always wanted and I never got it. Maybe I need to get one at some point. And I I know I've had this discussion before. I always wanted that PS3 Gen 3 model that has the sliding disc door on it. Like it looks like from the seventies. Yes, I always oh, wanted I that hated thing. Hated that one, bro. Always wanted that thing, and I never had it. So, um, I think George is going to get his to show us. <laughs> so, remember also that was good. The bad, like towards the end of the uh, system's life cycle. Remember, I think it was in Canada only. Yeah. The Wii had that non yes. Wi Fi, non internet capable. Look at that thing. There it is. Oh, that's an <laughs> ugly. So I, I got the it's one a little, it's, it's a little dusty. It's a little dusty. I got to yeah. clean it. But man, this is hands down one of the best consoles I've ever had. This thing's fucking amazing. Um, and you're right. The, the red Canadian Wii. 
Bro, what was that? It had the like 90, no Wi Fi and it was no weird. GameCube backwards yeah. compatibility. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. No backwards compatibility. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this this is going to sound stupid. I feel like that was like made for old folks' homes and for bars, like that version specifically. <laughs> that was the Wii Sports machine. Or a daycare, well, right? Yeah. Well, I remember it was like 2009, 2010. My brother was getting, like, my brother's obsessed with movies. And uh, he had a huge DVD collection at the time. And he wanted to start getting into Blu-rays, especially as, like, big movies were coming out. Like, Inception or whatever was, like, coming yeah. out on Blu-rays. Just like, yeah, I think I want to see this on, like, a better better thing than a DVD. And his wife was like, yeah, I don't really want a video game console. But, like, I'd be open to getting a Wii. And she wanted a Wii so fucking oh bad God. because she was she was on like a D one she was on the D one track team at like University of Oregon, and so she was just like, oh, all these exercise games like that seems kind of fun and kind of cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's just get a Wii. It'll be more fun. And Nick was like, well, George, obviously the Wii can play Blu-rays, right? I was like, no, no, it can't. <laughs> it actually could play and, anything at all. So yeah, it could barely <laughs> play Wii games. Um, <laughs> That was, people that was started that. to buy it just for Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like one of the first streaming devices possible when it came to Netflix. You had to Three, have the disc. 360, 360 was first. And yeah. man, that should happen my freshman year of college. What a game changer, right? Mm-hmm. Like just being able to like watch it directly off the TV and not like have to connect your, your yeah. uh, computer and like reformat the screen and like make it fit but like still see some of the person's fucking desktop because (laughs) apparently like just double clicking for full screen like wasn't really a thing for a lot of media players back then what a time what a time to be alive and also like back when you had to like when the office wasn't on hulu so you had to go to nbc.com to watch like the four most recent episodes of the office man yeah or go to blockbuster before you know went under that's right and just rent the seasons I did that with Lost, man. That was how I watched yeah. the first three seasons of Lost. <laughs> Do you guys remember the day you signed up for Netflix? I Sophomore don't. year of college, I remember getting the disc in the mail because I had I signed up for it on PlayStation 3. And for the first year of Netflix on PlayStation 3, there had to be the disc in the PlayStation for it to run. Yeah, Which I, makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't, I don't remember signing up, Coach, but only because I think I mean, obviously, my parents would have signed up, so I really don't remember. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there was like, I mean, just think of the the interface looked like some old school Netscape Navigator stuff, right? So, yeah. and I remember that, but I was going to tell you, and I, you, I'm sure remember this, but the team that did um, Rogue Squadron was responsible for that Netflix uh, disc on the Wii and the ui and i think yeah yeah. didn't they and didn't they bring hulu to the switch they did they did cool where's my fucking rogue squadron (laughs) trilogy boys like every other star wars game in history has been re-released yeah give me a fucking bone here guys also if i I could get a platinum trophy in rogue squadron oh my god i would lose my mind but they would make one like a thousand kills or something that's fine man i'm that's fine. I'm fucking really good at that game still. So like that's fine. So take out twenty five star destroyers. No problem. Yeah. I got this. That's a hard mission until you get to oh, when you're you the A wing. The A wing. Oh, oh, that one's tough. Yeah, and there's yeah. also like at the. I think at the end of Rogue Squadron Two, it's like okay, cool. Now take out two star destroyers, asshole. I'm like, oh, they <laughs> don't make enough. 
But in the third one, proton uh, torpedoes for this. The third one has a good one where uh, I believe a uh, star destroyer go. You take a star destroyer goes goes down, and then you gotta go and do some missions. On I think that's the second one. That's after you're in the B wing and you take it out in orbit, and then it crashes down on the planet, and then that's where you like swap in the Y wing and you start like bombing the hull, right? And then like they release all the ATPTs. God damn. What a game. So, <laughs> I've never they, played any of those games. Back, if they could get them back, they could do like so many missions over the entire uh, that man, you gotta admit too, like I know you're not the, the hottest on like the sequel trilogy. But man, there'd be some cool sequel trilogy yeah. space missions, right? To Exegol. <laughs> to, yeah, you got you got to navigate the the fight at the, the end danger zone or whatever. Or what about the space it? wells from uh, from Rebels? You know that would be sick. That would be sick. Um, light speed jumping. Yeah. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, Coach. Uh, speaking of of Rogue Squadron, the number one fan over here, Coach. What's been going on with you? What have, What have you been up to the past few weeks? Okay, so the last couple. Well, I did finish. Um, about a month ago, platinuming the PS4 version of Spider-Man, right? Because I wanted to play through it again because it had been about a year and a half since I got the PS5. So it wasn't like it was challenging, but just get back into it. And so uh, I'm glad I, I'm still, I'm glad I did it. But I've uh, been playing a lot of Spider-Man 2, stopped for about, uh, close to a week was playing Mario, and then recently got back into Spider-Man Two, and I'm kind of attacking it the same way that I did Tears of the Kingdom, where I just did mainly side quests to build to build everything up. Right, so I'm at the point now where Peter's got the suit, okay, and so I'm that part in the story. Nice. Yes, so it's it's good. I, I that's all I'm thinking about is is playing. Hopefully, by the end of the month, I'm giving myself the end of the month to get the platinum. I don't think it'll be too difficult because the first two Spider-Man and Miles, those were relatively easy. You just got to play through them and just do all the side missions, which were fun, right? So yeah, everything I've seen about the platinum for Spider-Man Two says it's like 25 hours. That is exactly how long it took me. Okay. Wait, did you get the platinum? I did. Nice. I did. So, yeah, and I was waiting to obviously have this discussion until we got to Coach, because, George, I know, like you said, you had mentioned you hadn't really been playing it, but Coach and I have both both been on it, and we'll get to why you haven't been playing it here in a minute. But, um, yeah, last week, I think I mentioned I was like a third of the way through, and then, man, I just hounded that game over... The, the week, you know, leading up to the show. And I really haven't played that much of a, of any game in a long time. Uh, I'm not one to, to sink a ton of time into a game in a single week, but something about Spider-Man, you know, last week I mentioned the beginning was very paint-by-numbers, you know, there wasn't anything kind of out of the ordinary with the story, but the more I played, the more I got just totally addicted to that gameplay loop and that world and you know, I, I needed to know what happened to Peter and what happened to Miles and what was going on with those characters. And so it got, for me at least, progressively better the more and more I played. And and I'd say that that goes with the story as well. Like the, 
the second half of that game, man, is just stellar. And I'm obviously I won't spoil it, but I'm very excited to see where they go with Spider-Man three, because it does set up a third game and there could be some really interesting stuff. So I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. What, what comes out first? Spider-Man. I'm not going to say Spider-Man three, but like an expansion, like a miles Morales adjacent type project or Wolverine. I think Wolverine will. I, I'm actually pretty convinced. I, I think Wolverine will be next year. I think it'll be next fall. Because they in 2025. But they keep saying it's going to be next year, and Insomniac is not one to delay games. They they no. don't really do that. So I I believe them. I think it's going to be next fall. To be honest with you. Also, but, well, we were talking about like all the major like acquisitions and stuff the past couple weeks. Activision Blizzard was purchased for like what sixty nine something billion dollars, right? Like some yeah, some asinine number, ima- imaginary yeah. number. Insomniac at two twenty five, looking pretty good, right, guys? Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're stellar. They they aside from Remedy, which it's funny, I'm playing both these games back to back because literally, guys, the only games I was excited for this fall came out in the span of a week. Mario. Spider-Man and Alan Wake 2 all came out within seven days of each other, which freaking killed me. But I'm glad that there's nothing else coming out this year that I'm really excited for. Uh, Point being, Remedy and Insomniac are by far my favorite developers in the industry right now. And and Insomniac specifically, their output is insane. I, I don't know how big their teams are, what they're working with from like a workforce standpoint. But the fact that they've already put out Miles... Um, Ratchet and Clank, and now Spider Man Two in the span of three years. Three years. Yeah, that's absurd. We'll just go five to that's absurd. Yeah, to Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. And then 2016 with Ratchet and Clank, the reboot. Yeah, kind of thingy. Also, man, I haven't I haven't talked about that reboot's really fucking good, man. Like that's a really good video game. It is. The Both those games are great. And- and a rift apart is a really good video game too. Yeah. So when I was the time that I was waiting, I was always I was like thinking, okay, so how are they going to make it different because in the first Spider-Man game, you go through Manhattan and you're fighting the thugs and then you have the demon crime syndicate and then of course Sable's organization, right? So it's three layers that you got to go through and similar things you got to do, right? with all three. So I'm thinking, what are they going to do with Spider-Man 2? They're not going to copy and paste, right? But I like what they're doing with the Hunters. Because with the Hunters, that's like... I mean, I have, like I said, I, I don't even know if I'm halfway through, but it seems like those are the main baddies right now, right? So you have to go to their their small like hideouts, and there's like two or three that are connected... And that will get you their one of their bases because they have big bases around New York. Yeah. So I like that whole aspect that you go and find that you go and take up take over the hideouts, right? Complete the hideouts, and then you go into the, their main like base of operations, and then you start getting more information. So yeah, I was telling Coach the other night on the phone, George, that this game really made me want to read more Spider-Man comics specifically about Craven because I know nothing about him as a character outside of this game. 
And mm-hmm. I really, his motivations are really fascinating to me. So I'm like, time to renew my, my Marvel Unlimited and go read some Craven stuff. Hey, man, I just renewed mine today. It's $70 for the entire year. Which Honestly, comes a good deal. Out to, which comes out to a little bit more than five bucks a, a month. Like, that's yeah. pretty fucking incredible for yeah. every Marvel comic. And also, like, they're on a three-month delay from all the recent books, too. So, like, you know, you got the first 35 issues of the most recent Darth Vader. You got first 35 issues of the most recent Star Wars. And it gives you enough time to, like slowly catch up on on everything yeah. coming out on the stands today. So I think it's a great deal. I think it's worth it. And some of my um not complaints, but my disappointments with the game is the uniforms. Like all the different uniforms. Because in the first game they had a power associated with it. And it was fun to try out the different um costumes or or you know his uniform so that way you can use those different powers but this one there's it's just cosmetic it's cosmetic across the board so it's just also whatever in the first one you could like take the powers from one costume and apply Mm -hmm. it to another costume which which was fucking genius that was so smart because i was so bad i mainly stuck with the focus because i like getting the the focus that that was my main thing in the first game I was so bad at taking on big groups of enemies. So there was like one like kind of like stun effect that would like come out from the center of your costume. I think it was like part of the Scarlet Spider costume. Yeah. Or like Ben Ben Riley's thing. Where it would just be like a, a pulsating wave that would come out and like kind of like stun everyone. And so that was hands down my go-to power and like the thing I used the most. And also I just thought he looked sick with that hoodie on, you know. <laughs> um when you play the game when you get to control Venom. Ooh. I will say, I want to say, I want to say two things though before we move on from Spider Man. If you guys are cool moving on from Spider Man, because yep, sure. I know Austin's, I know Austin's got to wrap up soon. For uh, the two things I saw a spoiler from the game that has to do with the the symbiotes, and I'm not mad. I'm really looking forward to it, and I can't believe they pulled from like such a recent story from the Venom comics. Um, I'm is very excited. I don't, I don't think know. Coach has gotten to it yet, but yeah, you're. No. I don't want to say much, but man, that just in general, the symbiote story it was extraordinarily well executed. I'll let I you know. Let's finish the zoo portion. Yeah, remember the zoo. So I'm a little bit after that. That's the biggest, the last big thing I've done. Yeah. All right, Austin, I will let you know which Venom comics to read on, uh, okay. on Marvel Thank you. Limited. So, Thank you. So you can figure that, that shit out. Um, hey, oh, up, my God. <laughs> Is that work? Is that work? In Kentasula Officina. Did I interrupt a uh, uh, segment where you guys are talking about how much you missed me? Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah Less man. Less men have died. Okay. That's, that's cool. That's great. <laughs> I like your clipped on radio makes you look like an emt worker thanks dude i uh i, I don't know i was gonna have a, a fun quip for that but i, I actually don't have anything you okay. could like lean your over hair, and be like looks good guys i need some backup yeah. no i can't do that because they'll come running because i'm a lead <laughs> guys too much there's, there's too much paper we need more people not enough too much too much paper not enough people yep yep this is interesting this is like undercover boss, except we're not Seth's boss. 
I need crayons yeah, and dude. butts stat for all this paper. Crayons and butts. <laughs> <laughs> we make both kinds of paper here. <laughs> we we make uh, paper towel and uh, toilet paper. Very nice. COVID was great. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, good to hear from you from from work. What are you guys doing? How's the podcast? It's great. It's great. What do you think about Spider Man Two? Have you played any more? Uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I fought that one. I didn't really, I didn't really play him. It was a cutscene in the in the church with Craven today, right before okay. I came into work. Very good. And the so, the thing I'm more interested in, in a brief note, what do you think about Alan Wake Two so far? Oh, really great, really great. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. Um, I, I haven't gotten too far. I think I just started the chapter where he first plays Alan Wake, but um, yeah, I think, I think it's phenomenal. It looks great too, especially on my new TV. And uh, yeah, the only thing is, like I told you in the text, is that I don't like the case board. I don't like how it controls. And I don't. I don't like having to go into it like all the time. Well, there you have it. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Screwed out of me a few times, too, dude, because they keep popping up the screen with that fucking that that thing that like I don't know, dude, they, Nightingale. Yeah, you know, when you're chasing Nightingale, the screen pops up. I'm like, oh my <sighs> god, it's got that classic like what was that game like the maze game in the two, early 2000s where you'd like get through it and the the like the screaming face would appear at the end on on online uh, on the computer. It's got like yeah, that vibe yeah. to it, except you're just playing and then randomly, like the screen will just flash something for like a second and then you'll go yeah. back to to what you're doing it's and it's i don't think loud. there's any like rhyme or reason to it it just happens so yeah. <laughs> it's great but um yeah george what what you had a second question i can't remember what you were going to ask you were we were um, talking about um the the symbiote stuff oh yeah i had two points that was one point and i cannot remember what my second point was <laughs> Thanks, Seth, for fucking nothing. Symbiote's pretty cool in Spider-Man. I think it's pretty neat. It is. So, well, George, I know, obviously, you've uh, been playing a game that you are so excited to talk about. I mentioned I mentioned last week or the last episode that um, I lost a bet when I was in Las Vegas, and I'm not allowed to platinum another game until I 100% Far Cry 6. Yeah, I would love to play Spider-Man, but unfortunately with the same person, we have a platinum trophy race going on where we're timing the difference between your first bronze trophy and your the last trophy, the, the platinum trophy. Dude. So I can't start the game until I can platinum it. Otherwise, I will take longer than he will, and I will lose twice. And I don't like losing twice. I only like losing once in the bet. So I have been playing Far Cry 6. I've played 20 hours this week since... Damn. The weekend basically and that game fucking sucks man like that's it's just like a bad game where it was just like hey what if we took everything you loved about far cry 3 i'm like okay yes you have my interest and they're like cool what if we dialed it up to 11 and didn't change that much but made it so it took 20 hours to get through two-thirds of the story i'm like well that actually doesn't sound like very much fun at all they're like cool what if we also make it vaguely racist like i'm not uh it's, it's supposed to be yarn which is like a, a like a stand-in for like cuba i guess i'm not cuban i'm chilean 
it's a different type of Latino. But as a Latino, I'm like, do you guys have to do it like this? You know, like, I know I'm not from the West Indies or that part of the world. However, do you have to do it like this? I don't know, man. Like, headshots feel really fucking good in that game. That's about all the positives I can say about it. You do some fun, interesting stuff every every four missions, maybe four to six missions. I think you do some interesting stuff. And uh, I think I'm getting close to the Platinum despite only having seven or eight trophies in it right now. Like, I think I set it up so, like, everything's going to, like, domino and I can, like, knock out, like, 20 in, like, an hour. But, man, it's just the Ubisoft mentality of, like, all their games becoming the same. I was waiting for Assassin's Creed Mirage to, like, go on sale for Black Friday. I was actually really looking forward to that game. But, honestly, with all the time I'm pouring into Far Cry 6, I don't want to play another Ubisoft game. Like, I need to wait, like, a year for it for the next time. Like, I need to forget enough about their gameplay loop to the point where I'm like, oh, okay. Because, like, the last one I played was... I think two years ago, it was the game that was Gods and Monsters. Immortals, Phoenix yes. Rising was what they what they changed the name to. And, like, that game was fine. That game was basically like a melee Far Cry, <laughs> you know, with Dude, monsters and shit, with Legend of Zelda puzzles thrown in there. It's so, it was fun. It's so frustrating. It it's so frustrating. I loved Far Cry 3. thought it was great, as pretty much everybody did. Mm-hmm. I played four, liked it quite a bit as well, but then I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm I'm good. I'm not gonna I play any more of these. I haven't liked <laughs> I haven't liked five, man. Like I thought five like did like the story itself wasn't interesting, but what they used yeah. the story to do mechanically I thought was great. Like For you sure. were halluc you were hallucinating a lot in that game because of a drug that one of the one of I think Joseph's sister was making in Far Cry Five. Yeah. And so they were able to pull off some really cool shit visually with you tripping on these psychotropic drugs that they were manufacturing to, you know, reinforce their cult beliefs in, in the region. And, like, that game was gorgeous because of that, where it just made surreal shit. It was like in Far Cry 3, when Voss, I think, drugged you, and, like, you know, he's just, like, asking over and over again, do you know what the definition of insanity is? Right. You know? And, like, when you were fighting Voss and, like, the music that played, that, like, that was, like, one of the top five moments of video gaming for me. And every fucking game since then is just like, well, we got to do this. I'm like, how about you do the fucking next thing, man? Like, how about you give me something new instead of like going back and like shut up and playing the hits? I'd love to know who at Ubisoft, who, which executive at Ubisoft made the decision of, hey, guys, you know, people really love Far Cry 3. So from here on out, every single game we make has to have towers that you go up in to unlock the map, outposts that you go in and beat people up to, you know, unlock that part of the map and then also you've got to do like crafting in every single game that we make and that's just our formula it's got to be that man they actually they undid the towers in this game where there's no towers to go up and disable so you can see the map they actually brought one mission where you had to go deactivate towers and i actually got like a little nostalgic <laughs> where i was like oh i remember this but they actually like took away the coolest part of far cry 3 where like each tower was its own like platforming puzzle yeah and in this one, they just made it look like one of the towers, and you just threw your fucking rappel up, and then just like hoisted yourself up like a jackass. But there's that, and like, man, like some parts about this game are extremely unclear to the point where like I'm 30 hours into this game now, I don't know how to get grenades. I don't know how to like unlock extra equipment slots. Like I don't know how to do fundamental shit with this game. So I'm like fighting tanks. I don't have explosives. 
So like you have this one like kind of superpower when you pull down on like both the triggers and like you shoot rockets. But like that thing only recharges quickly enough if you're like pulling off headshots and like killing other enemies. So like I'll basically shoot a tank, take out 80% of its health, and then I'll sit there with my thumb up my ass for 10 minutes waiting for this rocket thing to fucking recharge because I already killed all the other bad guys so I can't like speed up the recharge process. And it just kind of fucking sucks. I'm like, hey, what if I could buy an RPG? That'd be fucking neato burrito, wouldn't it? And uh, I can't figure out how to do it. I've been to every single weapons vendor. I still have like a fourth throwable slot that I can't unlock. So I'm just sitting there like a jackass with Molotov cocktails and baseballs and throwing knives. I'm like, I don't think I can beat a tank with this, you guys. So I don't know. The game's not great. Uh, I think it's like a perfect $10 game if you are of the mindset that you can only buy one game for like a, a year. I think it's like a perfect like winter break game if you're in high school. Also, if you're in high school, don't listen to this podcast. I think it's a great winter <laughs> break game if you're in college. If you're in college, thank you for listening, but you, you go out and do shit. Don't listen to this just yet. So here's my question for you. Let's say that new Star Wars game comes out from Ubisoft and it has the same exact systems that these games have had for the past 10 years. Are you still going to play that game? <laughs> I love Star Wars so much that I will. But I'm not going to be happy about it. So this this buddy who made the bet, he joined in to like a, a party last night and we were just like talking on the headset. And I was the wettest blanket ever in my life where I was just bitching about this game to him for like 45 minutes straight. I felt bad, but also like he fucking did this to me. And um, he was just like he was playing Spider-Man 2 and he was just saying things like, wow, what a cutscene. I'm like, man, I'm, I like I will fuck you up next time I see you. Like, I'm just going to like <laughs> I'm just going to pop you once. Not even in the face. I should in the face. But you got a real delicate looking face, but also like kind of sharp, sharp, sharp features. I'm afraid you're going to cut my knuckles. Um, but man, I was just like losing my mind last night. And he's just like, well, dude, like you can still play Catan with us. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck your Catan. I'm not playing the PS4 version of Catan. That game is dog shit also. And I have a new resolution where I'm not going to play shitty fucking games. So I'm actually going to delete Settlers of Catan off my PlayStation. But also, I thought oh what God. would hurt him more would be if I never played Catan with him again and got the Platinum on my own. If I just like found a boosting partner and just got the Platinum trophy like behind his back and then deleted off my PlayStation. So it's getting to the point where, in fact, in 20 minutes, I have a new PlayStation party to get to with me and my three friends <laughs> who I used to play Catan with, who are no longer my friends. They're going to play Catan. I'm going to be playing Far Cry until I die. And it's just, I'm never going to escape from this. Because not only do I have to Platinum Far Cry, I also have to 100% Far Cry. So that's like six different fucking DLC packs that I have to do. And I'm losing my mind. But I'm going to get that Platinum. So... Huck my PlayStation into the fucking ocean and never play PlayStation again and only deal with Xbox because I've decided I've decided achievements are better than trophies at this point. I think you need to go practice a little bit at bowling. I'd say after this as well, George, just to make sure that this never happens again. Dude, my, my knee like imploded. Like, I, I, did I reference this where I was just like, it felt like a grapefruit that got run over by a fucking truck. Like that was what my knee felt like. And then I was like standing for seventeen hours the next day at a fucking music festival, and they're like, "Hey, jump with." us and i'm like no i can't i'm in my 30s and my knee hurts like hell i'm not doing this anymore uh so that was like simultaneously the most fun and punishing weekend of my life and uh i i don't think i will ever get like a harder erection than the day i delete far cry 6 off my playstation
I like that. Like the, I like the that. day I finally do it. I think that's like the most bricked up I'm ever going to be in my entire <laughs> fucking life. And I mean, it's getting to the point where like, I'm going to sell that copy of the game on eBay for a fucking dollar. Like, I don't care. I just want it out of my house. It's either that or you use could, it as fucking lo- lobster bait. You could put it a, in a blender. A trap here. You could put it in a blender. I probably, I probably fucking should. The game's dog shit. It like, it, it'd be one thing. It's like, this game is really bad. But at least it's also long, you know. Like I just I can't think of anything redeemable about it except for headshots. Headshots feel good. And it, what's really fucking annoying was at least in like the older Far Cry's, if you take over a region, that region's cleared. Now you can only take over bases and checkpoints. But there's all these like other enemy strongholds that just oh like my God. you go in there, you raid them, but like they don't go away. Like they they just stay there. So like you'll be walking, you're just trying to get from point A to point B to get onto your next fucking mission, and then you're just jumped by a patrol from a base that like you've clearly fucking annihilated 16 fucking times because you're just hanging out in the region it is infuriating to play this game and i need to go soon so i can do that because i would like to play spider-man 2 this year (laughs) i have a question for you george yeah hit me what's up guy okay when is ubisoft going to make another splinter cell fucking game not soon enough bro not soon enough. I just saw that they're actually taking the servers offline for the 360 version of Conviction, and for like they're they're taking a whole bunch of old game server multiplayer servers offline. So like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, the 360 version is going offline. Splinter Cell Conviction, 360 that's going offline. Ghost Recon Future Soldier PC is going offline. A whole bunch of these games, which like. I don't know. Like, we need to have a discussion about like private server creation for these games because, like, it, it kind of sucks that like you bought this game under the the guise of like ha- this being a feature, and then it just no longer existing because they've decided that it doesn't make them enough money. When really, like, it only made money because you bought it for that feature in theory. So, like, I don't know. I, I get it from their perspective, but also I think it's kind of like bullshit. And, like, I, I'm not saying that there needs to be a law, but, like, I wouldn't be upset if there was a consumer protection against practices like this that actually, like, made it so you could, even through your own means, create a multiplayer server if you so choose. I don't, just to go back to Splinter Cell as a concept, though, I really don't understand why they have not attempted to make a new one because there is such a void in, in this industry right now when it comes to stealth games. It's, like, almost not a thing. Um, the Metal Gear collection just released on uh, ps5 and whatnot and is doing quite well uh from a sales perspective which actually kind of surprised me but i think it's because there are no other games out there that are doing the stealth thing blacklist was the last um, one and that was 2013 2014 yeah and did you guys see the comment from insomniac about the mary jane missions in spider-man Yes. Like I don't, I don't give a fuck. If people were complaining that she was OP, I just played that level. And let me tell you what, Mary Jane Watson solo solid snake. <laughs> Austin, are you gonna take that, bro? No, I actually agree with it. I actually agree with it because she just. I actually, Seth, I don't think there was a reason for for Peter or Miles to be in the game. I think I it could have just been her own thing. Yeah. She could have handled herself. So, she takes out like an entire base. I'm like, holy shit. There are some missions uh specifically in the last like hour of the game where it's it's like what the hell happened? Like how is she this strong? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. So All right. Cool.
Well, right, guys. I, we are 15 minutes past when Austin wanted to be done, so I'm sorry for dragging us on so long talking about Far Cry 6. It's fine. Uh, you'll be dragging along, I'm sure, for a while, George, so we'll, we'll have some more but discussions yeah, I'm, I'm on gonna, Far Cry I'm, I'm I'm, I am 100%ing that game, if not before next week, then before the week after. Do it, man. Like, I want to talk getting, about Spider-Man with you. With, I want to talk about Spider-Man. I want to see what this is all about. Austin knows what this means. <laughs> Right. See what I'm doing? You get it? I get it. I get it. Yeah, you get it. I get it. <sighs> All right, guys. Seth, you look good, bro. You do. Thanks, brother. Got those yellow earplugs. I like to see them. Plus, yeah. plus you got that sexy boss energy right now. SBE. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I, am, I am the man tonight, so. Oh, wow. Congrats. So if your Thank boss you. sees that you're live on air right now, are you going to be in trouble? Or is it like you asked him if you could be on the hit Framescope podcast, and he was a okay with that at nine forty six p.m. Um, I don't think anyone would care. I think <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm entitled to like my breaks, right? Okay, so we're really all matter. entitled, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, all right, guys, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you all for listening, of course, to episode 139 of uh, Frame Skip here. If you're Woo. watching live on YouTube, thank you so much. If you are not watching live on YouTube, don't forget that you can catch us as we record. Just go to bit.ly, uh, bit.ly slash Frame Skip Live. That'll take you right to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, and it should notify you on your uh, mobile device whenever we go live. So you can catch us. Thanks, Bullfrog. Thanks, Bullfrog. Thanks, Alden. And, uh, yeah. you know, speaking of Alden, I've got two questions here. Yeah, he's here. Oh, let's do it, Woo. bro. Speaking of Alden, we've got two questions oh, here as we wrap yeah. up. Um, Seth, when is the next Alpha Nerds episode? He wants to know. I don't know. Whenever Pedro moves into his apartment. Okay. George, when is the next Shortbox Summary episode? This Friday, we are talking X-Men Deadly Genesis issues one through six. Me and this guy named Dunn, who is a very funny uh, comic book creator. There you go. And so I had him on to talk about weird cosmic X-Men shit. Very exciting stuff. Nice. There are your answers, Alden. Thank you for asking. Woo. Thank you, Alden. Appreciate it. And speaking of, you can find us all on social media. George, of course, is at Shortbox Summary. Um, Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. I am at Austin J. Eller. And then Coach is at... Coach is at a Y fucking at home. crank cranking fucking heavy metal things, you know, just lifting, metal. pushing, running, biking. He's just fucking cranking it. And on that note, we'll see yeah. you guys next week. Adios. Crank it. Peace. Crank it, baby.